Okay, we are learning Daf Chavtes. Right, so we were talking about the difference between sunlight and moonlight, and the context is that uh, it was this process in the morning in the base of Mikdash that we were so careful to check out and make sure uh, that really daybreak had come in order that the Mishnah said we shouldn't shecht the Tamid uh, before daybreak because it once happened that they did it that way and they had to take it out and burn it because of that. So the Gemara had a problem with that because usually we say that, there, that there's a difference between sunlight and moonlight. Moonlight is a little bit of a straighter beam and the sunlight kind of spreads out more. Um, and that, the Gemara had to answer that we were talking about particularly on a cloudy day and a cloudy day even the moonlight was spread out more. So now the Gemara is just talking about the original idea though. Uh, I think it was Rebbe. Rebbe was the one who said this that the... Um, that sunlight spreads out. So the Gemara says, Amr my time at the Rebbe, where does Rebbe get this idea that sunlight goes, moves further than just straight, than just, just in a straight beam? Dechsev lamanateach al ayela sashachar. Lamanateach, which is, it is a, just a, it's a general term. You might remember this from Sachem. Lamanateach is like, when it's a, a song, some of the songs that David prefaced, the Gemara goes through, why some of them begin with the word lamanateach. What it means for, for the one singing. Al ayela sashachar. So an ayala is a type of animal. Right? And Ayala is like a, is a hind. And it's, it's a type of, uh, it's a type of like a gazelle, some sort of thing like that. And it's hashachar. It has to do with the morning. So the one that you're going to see, the Ayala that you're going to see in the shachar. So what is, what's, what is shachar? What does the morning have to do with an Ayala? Like, I mean, you could see this animal anytime during the day. So the answer is ma'ayalazu karnem mafsilos lakanul khan, just as with the Ayala, the, 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 the karan, the karnaim are the horns. The antlers, what happens is, is that they branch off in one, one direction and in the other, meaning they don't just go straight out, right? They, it goes out in all, in all directions. So too, when you get to Shacham, when, when you're done with the moonlight and you get to the sunlight, so sunlight spreads out in both directions. You have the same exact idea. So this is a makar for the idea of Rebbe, that Shachar, that, 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 that the sunlight will spread out in different directions. Okay. Continues the Gemara. What does Esther Hamalka have to do with an Ayala? Now, what, what, why are we talking about Esther? Because if you're looking at Tehillim, this is an important kind of background. This is Kapitol Chavbez. Kapitol Chavbez was a very important Kapitol. And uh, the reason is, is the Gemara in Megillah says that Esther was the one who recited it in the moment, the very important moment in the Purim story when she did recite this, when she was on her way to the king. She was coming to the king unannounced. She wasn't called and it was dangerous. She was giving up, she was risking her life to do it. And um, she had always Ruach HaKodesh. And right as she gets into the palace, right as she's about to enter, she feels her Ruach HaKodesh leave her. And she cries out the famous words of Keli, Keli, Lama, Azavtani. Those are the famous, uh, that's the famous words in the capital. But so the whole thing is really about, is, is about her. Um, for example, just to, to take it a little bit further, the Gemara Megillah Daftal, it says that brings a Pasuk in this capital Chavbez, is the source to read the Megillah at night. So we say that the whole entire chapter, the whole capital Chapez, is a reference to the story of Esther. So why is what is what, why are we starting off the discussion of Esther with an ayala? Well, what does ayala have to do with Esther? It has a very narrow womb. Therefore, her meat, whoever, whichever animal is mating with her, it's the same desire every time that he does the first time. So in other words, the idea is that there was a certain desire that Ahasuerosh had specifically for a virgin girl. And it never left him. Because somehow, um, Esther always remained with a narrow, with a narrow rakam, With a narrow womb, just like the Ayalah. That's the point of the reference. Okay. Continues the Gemara Amar Vasi, a different idea. Lama nimshula Esther 
That's, that's saying for the ayala. But what does that have to do with the morning? So earlier, Rebbe was saying that we learned from here that the morning sun spreads in all directions. But, okay, but still, why is the Pasuk mentioning the morning at all? Right? So, Lama Lama just as the morning is the end of the night, meaning the meaning of morning, what's daybreak? What's shachar? Shachar is when the night is ending. It's the end. So to Esther is, all, is the end of all the Nisim. Now, this is very hard to understand because usually what do we think of when we think of day and night? What's day and what's night? So we think of Gullus as being the night, the bad, right? And the Yom is being clear when it's explicit, manifest the, the, the covet of Hashem. So the Gemara is saying that the Shachar, Esther is like Shachar because it's the end of the whole night is like the end of all the Nisim. So it seems like the Nisim are, are being portrayed as Lila. No, doesn't it sound that way? The Nisim are Lila, and Esther is the last of the Nisim to occur in Jewish history. The end of the night, the end of the Nisim. Seems backwards, no? Seems like you, I would have said the end of the day. Now we're going to go into night. Now we're going to go into times that we're not going to have Nisim anymore. Very, very hard. Very Gemara. Esther, Sleep, Kol, Okay. So the Gemara asks, How could you say that in Jewish history the last nays to happen was Purim? It's not true. Hanukkah happened afterwards. So the Gemara answers, When we say Purim is the last one, we mean the last one that was written down and made part of Tanakh. Right? That's, we don't, there is a book of Hashem but that's exactly the difference. We don't learn, even learn it so much. Why? Because there's no Kedusha. It's like a history book. Whereas, if you learn the story of Esther, you're not learning history, you learn as Kedusha. So we mean it's the last of the Nisim that was written down in the Chavta'al Tzavir Atanach. And again, why did that switch? What's the main reason? The main reason is that with the end of Ruach HaKodesh, what determines if something is, 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 it can be written in? It has to have the power of Ruach HaKodesh, like Mara says. So the Ruach HaKodesh stopped right in the beginning of the second phase of Mikdash. So by the time of Hanukkah, there was no Ruach HaKodesh. Chashmonam, then they wrote their book, there was no, there was no such thing. So the end of the... The, 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 you know, what, what's it called? The canonization of the Bible. Like that concept, that happened all uh, at the very beginning of the second base of Mekdash. So the Gemara asks, That's good according to the opinion of Megillah that Esther Taka was given down, that was written with Baruch HaKodesh and it was given to be written down. If you look at Megillah Daf Zion, there's actually one opinion that, um, that Esther was not given down, was not given with Baruch HaKodesh to be written. And what was it? It was meant to be, according to this opinion, a fascinating thing. It was meant to be just read orally. It was meant to be, it definitely had an element of Ruach HaKodesh, but the din of the Ruach HaKodesh wasn't to write a Megillah. The din of the Ruach HaKodesh, according to this opinion, was that there was, a, again, a specific text, definitely no question, there was what to recite it, but not in a written form. It was meant to be oral. And everybody would come, every perm, to shul, and they would listen to the story. But the, the, the idea about writing it down like a scroll was not necessarily there. And the Gemara says, what's the Nafkamina? The Gemara says that the, uh, the Nafkamina is whether it has Tomas Hayadayim. You might recall from Shabbos, Shabbos Dafyadala, that one of the the gzeros that Chazal made in the laws of Tumah is that Sifra HaKodesh or Metame Yeridayim. You're not supposed to, if you touch the parchment with your bare hands, then it makes you tummy because they used to keep truma next to it and then the rats were eating the truma when they would smell the food and then they would go and, and eat the, the, the Sifra Torah also. It was very bad. They were damaging them. So they made a decree that holy things have, have Tumah, which makes sense also because it, it's also disrespectful to touch the scroll itself. Like, it, it, it all works out. But the bottom line is 
That's in context. That's what the Gemara Megillah is talking about. The Nafkamina is there's a scroll of Esther mitamis haydan. It seems that everybody agrees midrabbanon. There's a din to write down the Megillah and read it mitochaksab. But the Shaila is if, if that's if that's a real din mitivreisofim or not. If Esther maybe was not in the, the lichtov. So according to the opinion that it was not in the lichtov, Michael and Meimar, then why is Esther compared to the morning? It's not the last nation in Jewish history, right? Because you have Hanukkah that follows, and 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 it's not even the last nation that was given to be written because it wasn't given to be written. So the Gemara says, you're right. He's going to say that the Pasuk is not saying that point at all. In other words, he's not going to say that the comparison of Esther to Shachar is that Mashachar Sokol Af Esther Sokol Anisim. He will not interpret it that way. How will he interpret the Pasuk? Mukim Lak, Rabbi Yaman Bariyafas Amar Blazar. He's going to interpret the word Shachar like Rabbi Yaman Bariyafas says. Amar Bariyafas Amar Blazar. Lamanim Shetzvasan Shetzadikim Kayelaz. Why are the tefillah tzaddikim compared to an ayala? So in, in this interpretation, Rashi explains, we're going to say shachar does not mean daybreak. Shachar here means tefillah. And Rashi quotes an obscure pasuk for us in Yeshaya, somewhere else in Tanakh, where we see that shachar can mean davening. Okay, so shachar in this interpretation means tefillah, and we're comparing tefillah to the ayala. Why? What's the comparison of the tefillah to the ayala? Lo as long as it's growing. What happens is that the antlers, they branch off. What does that mean? That they get bigger and bigger. Like every year, another branch in the horns comes on. It's not just one thing that is born with, and that's the end. You actually, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not really like hair, but it's a whole different thing. But it's kind of like your hair. As long as you're growing, right? It just keeps on growing. So the ayala, every year, is producing more branches. So too, whenever they're continuing to daven, their tefillah is still going to be heard. Meaning, the word here that we're saying is, a person can think, especially, especially if they're not answered right away, that the Ebishtah is not hearing the tefillah, the Ebishtah doesn't care about the tefillah, so on and so forth. But it's not right. Hashem is always there, and it's, there's never, it's never something like it's going unheard or that you're bothering HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The tefillah and Shosadikim is like the Ayala. As long as they keep on davening, the tefillah is also heard. And then, whatever, eventually an answer will come. So according to him, the Pasuk has nothing to do, we're not saying, we're not comparing Esther to the Shachar at all. We're actually just comparing uh, the tefillah of Tzadikim to, to, uh, to the Ayala. Okay, great. So why did we get into all this stuff? We just got into all of this because this was the source for Rebbe that sunlight spreads out. That was the, the Ayala was like the Shachar. Ayala, the antler spread. So through Shachar, the light spreads. And then we got, we got a little bit sidetracked over there uh, with Esther. All right, Vaitu. Shachtu esat tamid, two dots here, chavtes, we said that they shachted the tamid. Again, they thought it was morning, it really wasn't. And then they had to burn it because really it was possible. So the Gemara says, Emas, when did this story happen? If you say this story happened the rest of the year, they'll saga the lav kohen gadol. What? What? They have to use a kohen gadol? Meaning, if you read our Mishnah, the Mishnah mentions two points. The Mishnah says that they would check if it was light. And then the next thing that they would do is immerse the kohen gadol in the mikvah. So it sounds like we're talking about Yom Kippur. Because the Gemara is saying, if we're talking about the rest of the year, why are you taking the Kohen Gadol down to the base of Tefillah? Meaning, why would you dafka be using a Kohen Gadol for the Avod? So from the fact that, 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 that we mentioned Kohen Gadol in our Mishnah, it would sound like that, that we're talking in context here of Yom Kippur. But El Yom Kippur, if it's Yom Kippur, is there enough light from the moonlight right at dawn at this time? Now, what's the Gemara's question? Again, you just have to know your astrology here. That the moon rising right before the morning, the, moon, the morning only happens at the end of the lunar month. It does not happen at the beginning of the month. Yom Kippur is the 10th of Tishrei, and it's very unlikely that this story with the mistake would ever occur on the 10th of Tishrei. It doesn't make sense. If there would be light that would break through the horizon, you would see it, and it's Yom Kippur morning. There's no question what it is. It's certainly the, the sunlight, not the moonlight. 
That's what's bothering the Gemara. So it's like a stira. We could understand our mission was talking about Yom Kippur. We could understand our mission was talking about generally. But it sounds like it's talking about both. That's the problem. Because on the one hand, it's talking about being tovah, the Kohen Gadol. So it sounds like we're talking about Yom Kippur. On the other hand, it can't be Yom Kippur because the story, uh, it doesn't make sense to be Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, You're right. The mission is switching gears. First, it's talking about generally. First, it's saying that, 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 there, that there was this one time when they, when they weren't careful enough, and, they, and, and it was, I guess it was at the end of the month, and they mistook the, the, the moon, they thought it was the sun, and they shechted the time too early, and they had to burn it. And then we're talking about, by the way, going back to Yom Kippur, when they identified that there's light outside, they see the dawn, then they would be tovel, the Kohen Gadol. I have a question, which is, which is like bothering me a little bit, but I'm not sure about. The Gemara doesn't seem to throw off the Mishnah meaning, meaning, what I'm trying to say is, it's not... Maybe the story itself about burning the Tamin only occurred in a, not in Yom Kippur. That story, because that, that story can only happen at the end of the month. Fine. I understand that point. Now, but on Yom Kippur, it still seems that they were asking the same process and having the guy say, how light was it? And they were asking him until Hebron, and he was answering, yet. Yeah. It still seems like on Yom Kippur, they were being super vigilant to make sure that it was really, really daybreak. Why? Why were they so careful, right? In other words... Maybe at the end of the month, we should institute, you know, more precautionary things to make sure that it's, it's really day. But why on Yom Kippur are we being so careful? That doesn't, it, it sounds, it doesn't sound like the Gemara is saying that the whole din of the mission to be careful is only at the end of the month. It sounds like we're always careful. The particular story where they mistook the, the moonlight for sunlight, that particular story only happened at the end of the month. That's what it sounds like in the Gemara. Maybe we just made a low plug. We made it unequivocal. And we said all the times now you're supposed to be very, very exacting and see it in more brightness before you do anything as Xera up to the end of the month. I don't know. I'm not sure. But just make no mistake. I think that is the truth. We're not saying the whole din of checking for the light is only at the end of the month. The Gemara is just bothered by the particular Misa. When did this Misa, when did that actual story happen? Did that story happen on Yom Kippur? And the Gemara is saying, no, 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 the story didn't happen on Yom Kippur itself. The story happened at the end of the month. All right. Mm-hmm. You mean maybe there's something on Yom Kippur for needing more light than just daybreak? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Damn. Says the Gemara, the father of Abin brought here taught a bride. So, not only for Shechita of it, is there a din that it's possible if it's night? Meaning, in the Mishnah, we see that there's a psul in shechting at night. And if you do, you have to burn the animal. So, he's saying, not only is it there's a psul if you shech the carbon tamid by night. So too with the malika of a bird, meaning malika is when you go, right, with the, let's say you have an ola sa'of, and you take it, the coin takes his fingernail, the back of the, the, back of the neck the, of, the, of the bird, and he does the process. Instead of shechita, it's malika. So the malika sa'of that's done by night, that's also not kosher, and the bird would have to be burned. And um, the, the bird would be burned. And, and also the same thing with the mincha. A mincha is also in place of a shechita, and if it, someone does a kmitza from a mincha during the nighttime, so it has to be burned. Okay, that's what we're, so we're saying. It's not only a din. We're, not, we're saying it's not only a din that's specific to shechitas for these things, it's the things as well. And Rashi emphasizes that that's the point here. Rashi writes, if you take a look at the bottom, second to bottom Rashi, the point is we're learning these things are like in place of the shechita. So we learn it up from the shechita, just as by shechita. It happens if you burn it by night, it's no good. Very lumdash Rashi. He takes the place of Shrita. Now, I don't understand the Rashi. It's very hard to understand the Rashi. 
Because it sounds like from Rashi, it's like you start and really you see it in the Gemara. We know there's a din that shechita balayla tisarif. Someone might say, the malika the ayla sa'if, and, and um, kamitza is not. Kamashullah, no. They also do because they're in place. They're b'makum the shechita. The kasha is, why is shechita no good balayla? Because there's a general rule that avayda has to be done during the day. The general rule comes from the Pasuk and Pashasab, yom savosas b'nei Israel. When we're talking about the concept of, of avoda, it mentions day. So the general thing is that avoda is supposed to be done by day, unless it's an exception. There are exceptions. But the general rule is that avodas are done by day. And that's the chayra, why shechita has to be done by day. It's not a din like unique to shechita. It's halacha, avodas are supposed to be done during the day. So one would expect, and then, then it's bashit, that malikas ofen kamitz also should be done by day. In other words, it doesn't have to be like a whole lambdas, that they're just like shechita. Maybe shechita is like them. Meaning, the point is that avodah has to be done during the day. So if you do it during the night, it's invalid. Well, why does the Gemara have to like make it a whole thing? It's a din. Shechita balayla is no good. Oh, kamitza and 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 the malika are also like the shechita. Strange, very strange Gemara. But that's the way the Gemara is presenting it. So the Gemara now says, I understand why the bird olah that was done at night has to be burned because what happened happened. What does the Gemara mean? There's nothing to fix. That's the problem. The problem is it's irreversible damage because you can't make a shechita after you made a shechita. So once you mess it up and you did it in an invalid way, how are you going to fix it? It's no good. But when you took off the kamitza, what's the problem that you did it in the wrong zman? Fix it. Return the flour back to the pan. Right? Meaning, let's just make sure we have the process of mincha clear. The mincha is put into a big kli. All the ingredients, it's all kept in a kli. The Kohen comes, takes a little fingers full from the Kli, that's the Kohimetz, and he puts it into another Kli. That second Kli is called Kabbalah. The same way you catch the blood, putting the Mincha into a second Kli, the Gemara learns, Saita Dafidah learns up, that's Mamakum Kabbalah. It's Mekadeshit, it's a Kiddush Kli, just like the blood becomes sanctified. When it's caught in the cup, so too the Kohimetz has become sanctified when it's put into the Kli. And then you're Moilichit, you take the Kohimetz over to the, min- to the Mizbech and you burn it on the Mizbech. So the Gemara is saying, what's the problem? That you did it by Laila, fine, the Kamitza was no good, so put it back in, mix it back in with the flour, and you'll do another Kamitza during the daytime. This might remind you, we had when Nazar does the Avodah, we were talking, uh, when he's Masada the Maracha, we were trying to figure out if the Shnei Gizra Eitzim has to be done during the day or during the night yesterday. And we said that even it's not such a big deal if it's done during the night because it could be rearranged in the morning. Meaning, if you do an Avodah by night, it's no good. But if you could do it again, you could do it again. You could rearrange the wood. Yishma. So the Mars says, do the same thing by the Kaimitz. Why is it irreversible damage? Just put it back in and you do another Kaimitzah during the day. That's the Gemara's question. So the, yeah, that's the question. Why are we saying that it has to be burned? We're not saying it's not that it's not good, that the Avodah is not good. We're saying more than that. We're saying now you have to be burning the whole flower. It's all puzzle to the extent now that we have to burn it. That's what's bothering us. Do another Kamitza. So the Gemara says, Hutani lavu amar klisharis mekadesh nafilu shalom bismato. The Yisrael of Kiddush klisharis. A klisharis is mekadesh. It sanctifies. And once I take that Kamitza out and I put it into another Kli, what's happening now is that it's defining it with the Kiddush that's taking place. It defines it as being the Komets. If I would take that flower back out, those little finger full of flour and put it back into the original kli, it wouldn't become regular with the flour. It would just be that the kamitza is mixed with the flour. But that wouldn't help me. I wouldn't be allowed to do another kamitza. Kamitza works, it's like, you know what's a good like muscle to understand it? Tevel and trimmel. That's like a very good muscle to understand. Like you have tevel and you take off trimmel. Once you tithe, it's tithe. You can't tithe again. It's too late, right? And if I put it back in, I can't tie it again. I just have my truma and my hulin mixed up now. That's a very good understanding for what the Gemara is trying to say. You did your kmitza. 
So once it's become niskadish, once it was mikudish in a klishares, at that point, if I put it back in, it's not all mixed up again. What's going to be is that it's going to be komets mixed up with shirayim. That's not, I can't, I can't take off another kamitza from that. I have to take off kamitza from something which hasn't had komets yet. But once the kamitza is done and it's defined as that the kamitza happened, and I was mikadish in the klishares, if I would put it back in, what would happen is the komets would be mixed up with shirayim. It wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to do it again. Don't put it back in. Why do you need to put it back in? Because it's Shirayim. It's Shirayim. Shirayim. That's why it's such a good example. Tevil is such a good example. From Tevil, you could take off Truma, right? But let's say I took off Truma. I took off Truma. Can I take off again? No, you can't take off Truma. From, from Tevil, you could take off Truma. But from Hulan Masukanim, you can't take off Truma. Once it's fixed, it's fixed. So the only hope the Gemara wanted is that when you put it back in, maybe that reverses it. The Gemara says it can't reverse it. Now, why? Because it's already been niskadish as a komet. It's already defined. Now, this is the chiddush. This is important. So, so the next day, they would use a whole new thing of flour to do the kamitza? They would never go back to that bowl? When you did it at night, mistakenly? Well, yeah. They would have to burn the whole thing. That's what the Gemara said. Tisarif. It's all burnt. You have to, if you tomorrow, you would have to bring a whole new mincha. Only what you saw in the flower of a chulin. Because what you did at night is completely invalid. So, so one second. So, Mars, let's understand just the chiddush here. It's only becoming labeled and identified as a kaimetz in a way that's irreversible, that I can't put it back in and it would get mixed up again. Once it's the skadish. The chiddush from Gemara is that someone could say, kiddush kli only functions when it's functioning correctly. If you put it in when the avayda is good, then it's the skadish as a kaimetz. But here it's not being done correctly. It's balayla. So the avayda is not good. So that the, that the Kli is going to label it and define it as being a Kaimetz. Zog the Gemara Chiddush. That's why you read the Gemara carefully. Don't mistake the power of the Kiddush Kli to be contingent on the Hechshar Avayda. There's two Dina. There's the Hechshar Avayda and that can't come during the night. And there's a different than the Kiddush Kli Sharis of the Kaimetz. Even when the Avayda is incorrect and it's not being effective because it's at night. But the Kiddush Kli on the Kaimetz to identify this, that this is Kaimetz, is Chal even Balayla. And now if I put it back in, it's not going to change it. That's the Kiddush of the Gemara. It's a very big Kiddush. Could have heard it's not Navaida Bechlaf. It's not Navaida. Nothing's happening. There's a Kiddush Kaimetz right now. That's the Kiddush of the Gemara. That the Kiddush Kli functions even Shalobazman. We have a cash from the price. The price who says this is a general rule. Anything that's brought during the day comes in Skadish by day. Meaning that we can get the higher, you know, the Kedushas HaGuf that comes from being put into the Klisharis. If the carbon is supposed to be brought during the day, so then it gets Kedushas HaGuf during the day. Anything that's brought at night becomes Kedushas at night. So this is talking about like... Uh, uh, the mincha of minchas nesachim is one example of a mincha that could be brought at night, for example. So, let, so let's say I have them, if I didn't bring it with the tamid in the afternoon, I could bring it at night. So I, let's say I put the flour into the kli at night, we get kedushas agof. Anything that could be kadosh at any point during the day and at night, so then, um, then, then, then it could get his kedushas agof at any point. Okay. So what is what what what's katanim yas? What did the brides say? Kol akar v'yom kolish v'yom. Anything that's offered during the day only gets kedushas aguf during the day. That's mashma v'yomin b'laylo. That only gets kedush kolishares by day, but not at night. So it's this mamash steer. It's what we're saying. We're saying that even though a regular mincha is only kar v'yom, but it can get the kedushas aguf that's going to be label it as being a kmitzah even at night. Here the brides of the chayra mamash came to say not that way. The brides came to say that that is not true. The brides came to say that kol akar v'yom kolish v'yom. The chayra that's mamash what it's saying. If you would do the kmitza during the night and stick it into a bowl, it wouldn't get klisharis. And what's the nafkimina? The big nafkimina is what we're saying. Could I put it back in? So don't we see that we're wrong? 
Let me just put it back in and do another Kmitzvah in the morning. So the Gemara says, no. When the Brayzer says it doesn't get Kedusha, it means it doesn't become Kedusha in regard to whether it could be offered. It could become Kadosh to become invalid. So what in the world is the Gemara answering? So we know when we say Kedusha, what we mean here is like the Kedusha's HaGuf. Right, that it's inherently kaddish. It does not just you know that it's monetary value for the base of mikdash. It's intrinsically kaddish. This is the thing that's being brought on the mizbech. So the gemara is saying, normally, and this is where it's a tricky thing. There are two things that happen when I put a kometz into a bowl. Number one, it's defined as a kometz. It's niskadish as a kometz in the sense that it would be possible I can't put it back in. That's a. Normally, something more happens. It's triggered the kedusha in it that now this kometz is meant to be offered on the mizbech. Both points normally happen simultaneously. I do a kamitza, I put it in. It gets a kedusha that it's defined as a kometz, and it gets a kedusha now that, 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 that it's meant to be offered on the mizbech. When it's done balayla, it doesn't have kedusha's hakrav. It doesn't have the din that it could be kaddish to be brought on the mizbech. That din kedusha that it could be brought on the mizbech, you don't have, because without a hechsher avoida, you're not going to have that. Call that karav bayom, kaddish bayom, but if it doesn't have a hechsher during the nighttime, so one's not going to have the shame kedusha of kedusha's hakrav. But the shame that it's a kaimetz, the kaidesh that it is, that it's a kaimetz, it's kaddishly possible. It's kaidesh in regard that it's invalid. It's a very interesting thing. It's a kaddish that now it's labeled as a kaimetz that I won't be able to bring, bring it back in. Fascinating idea. So this, the reason it's, it's a little bit fascinating is because practically I understand there's no hafshra you can't bring it on the mizbech. But in what regard is it like, it sounds like it's even lacking in its kedusha lahakrava. That's what's interesting here. There's like a certain Kedusha's HaGuf, Lehakrava, which cannot be accomplished when it's, when it's not happening in the right time frame. So when I put the Koymetz and Balayla on this, in the Kiddush Klisharis, what's going to happen is it's a Koymetz, it's Kaddish Lipasol, and it does not have Kedusha Lehakrava. That's what it seems like. All right, so we've defended what we've said. Says the Gemara Masar of Zera. So we look at here at the Lechem Aponim. So just to understand a little bit the Lechem Aponim. How did it work again? When do you massage the Lechem Aponim? Every Shabbos. And then you would put it with the Levona. And then it would sit on the Shulchan the whole week. And then the next week, you take off the Levona. That's equivalent to a Kmitza. You burden it on the Mizbech. And then you eat the Lechem Aponim. Right? That's the idea. So what happened? See, there's a Lechem Aponim. Achar Shabbos. The Kohen messed up. And he was only massaging the bread and the Levona on Sunday. So it wasn't on the table the whole week. There was a bezichon b'shabes, and then he 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 just went ahead on Shabbos and he burned the levona. Psula, it's invalid. So what does that mean? It means that the bread and the levona have to remain on the table for seven days. So if they were put on Sunday, it's missing a day. If it's missing, if it's missing a day, nothing's going to be good. It's not going to work out. So Kate said, Yasef, what are you supposed to do? Meaning, it seems like there's a way of fixing this. And Rashi therefore says we shouldn't even be gorish the word psula. It seems like there's actually a situa- a way to fix it. If you put the bread on too late, there's a way to fix. What should you do? Just leave the bread onto the table until the following week. Meaning, leave it until the next Shabbos. And then, on that Shabbos, on that second Shabbos, and as you put it in on Sunday, this Shabbos, just don't take off the bread, leave the bread, put in Lavona on Shabbos, and burn the Lavona the next Shabbos. Why is that okay? It comes out an interesting thing. How long was it on the Shulchan for? 13 days. Again, you put it on on Sunday. It's not going to be kosher this Shabbos because it didn't sit on the Shulchan for seven days. Lavona and the bread has to sit there for seven days. But what could you do? Just leave it there. Make sure you put on fresh Lavona this Shabbos. Leave it there for the, and the whole other week. And then the following Shabbos, it will be good. I... Yeah, who said it could sit there for more than seven days? Says the Mishnah, If it stands on the table for many days, there is no problem. Okay? Meaning, we're trying to say a chiddish. 
Normally, there's an idea in the base of Mikdash of something called Lina. Lina means that once something gets its Kedusha Saguf, it has to be brought in its right time frame. Once it's like extending past its time, it's no good. It's like it has like this like built-in expiration date almost for it. That's like the concept of Lina. But we're saying here that the Mizbeach, I'm sorry, that the Shulchan is like a security against the Psolina. It can sit on the Shulchan however long you want. It's like the Shulchan has almost magical powers. The Gemara Menachos talks about this concept. It's fascinating how the Shulchan protects from Psolina. It can sit on it for a long time. Okay. Says the Gemara Vamai, why is it, why is it true? Tiktish viti puzzle. The bread should become kadosh and therefore become puzzle. If it's true that the klisharis could be makadosh even at the wrong time. So the Gemara is saying, so it should be, become kadosh on Sunday. Enough that it was put there on the wrong time. So the Gemara is saying an interesting idea. The Gemara is saying like this. If it's meant to be put on Chavez, when you put it in on Sunday, forget about the issue that it doesn't have enough days. It doesn't have seven. It should be calling it kiddish li puzzle. That's what the Gemara is asking. If it's true that a klisharis mekadosh lo the shulchan is a klisharis. So it should be mekadosh the bread that it was put there at the wrong time. It should become kadoshly possible. So you want to just talk about whether it was so lina? Okay, you could understand maybe the shulchan has powers to protect lina. But the Gemara is saying it should be, it should get absol, absol that it was put at the wrong time. That's what's bothering us. There should be a kiddishly puzzle that's being chal. Bishlam, if you say that kiddish klisharis is not chal shalobizmano, the whole idea of a kiddish klisharis is when it's effective and there's a hechsher avoda, that's when the kiddish is chal, then it's very gishmak. Because then you could say that the shulchan does nothing happen the first day that you put it on on Sunday. It's shalobizmano, so there's no kiddish klisharis. So it just sits there for six days, nothing happens, and then on Shabbos, he gets this Kaddish, everything's very Gishmak, and then it's done correctly. But if you're saying there's a new tire of Kiddush Klishari Shalobizmano, and the essence of that Kiddush Klishari is a Kaddish, we puzzle, like we're saying here by the Mincha, that when you put the Kaimets in during the night, it, the Kiddush is that it's a puzzle dick of thing, and you can't reverse it. So to here, if you're Makadish Shalobizmano, it should be Chala Kiddush that it's puzzle that you put it in in the wrong time, and therefore it should be become puzzle. So Amar Rava, Mandu Kamosif, Shabbat Kamosif. Whoever asks this question, Rabbi asks very well. They're asking good, but Rabbi Avin's father also had a brisa, meaning we weren't just coming off of nowhere when we said that the Komets has to be burnt. We, we had a brisa. And what's the understanding? The understanding is, There's a fascinating difference here. In the Kamitsa that I put in at night, when, yes, it's premature, but how premature it is, is it? It's not, it's not supposed to be done at night. It's supposed to be done during the day. The Etzim calendar day is correct. It's not that I have the wrong calendar day. My problem is that it's night versus day. So if I put it in at night versus day, it's Chal the Kiddush Shalob But when I put the bread in on Sunday versus putting it in on Shabbos, where I have the wrong day of the week, then it's not Kaddish at all. So is Klisharis Mekach and Shalob What's the answer? It depends. If it's the wrong day, the wrong day of the week, it's not Kaddish at all. You put it on, you, you put it in then, no problem whatsoever. There's no Kedushas Aguf that's being Chal on the bread when you put it on Sunday. That's why it's not a problem. Masha Enkin, if it's the night versus the day, it's Chal. And the idea is, this is the concept, Laila in Machusar's mind. Since it's really Ba'etzim the same day, just the time frame of the day is incorrect, there's no Din of Machusar's mind. It's not Kosher Belaila. But that's like, uh, uh, it's like a condition that there's a certain time during the day. But since Be'etzem, it's, it's the right day, therefore there is Chalan at the Kedusha Sagov, even Shalom Okay? It's not the right day. We're saying, we hold the night as the next day. The night is not the same day as the previous day. You, you're, you're, you have to wait till daybreak. But the difference halachically between night before, right, this morning at 535 when the sun rose, 
What was the difference between 533 and 535? Was it fundamentally a different day? No. They're the same general calendar day. What it is, is that there's a time frame of that day that it should only happen after daybreak. Right, but I'm saying there's a difference between now and... But that's not our case. Our case is that it's 535 is when they're supposed to do the Kamitsa. And they right. did the Kamitsa 533. And we're saying when they're 533, they put the Kamitsa into the, into the thing uh-huh. that is a din of Laila in Machoser's man. It's Kaddishly possible. However, by the Shulchan, they're putting it in at the wrong day, they're putting it on Sunday, they should be putting it in six days later. It's not Chal and Kedushas of then at all. That's why there's no problem. Correct the Gemara, the obvious question. That's very good. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, even Friday day. But Friday night, the bread is still sitting there. So Friday night, the bread is sitting there. Friday night, now it's only Mechusar's man of Laila. So Laila in Mechusar's man. So it should be Chal the Kiddush then, that is Kiddush Shalov is man, because you're only supposed to be put on the bread Shabbos day. So it should be Chal the Kiddush Shalov the lead Apostle, and it should be no good. Very Gishmaka question. It, where, you you want to tell me that it's only when it's the wrong day, but at Laila in Machusar's man, so with the Kamitsa is different than Shulchan, that helps you until Friday night. But once Friday night comes, it should be Chal the Kiddush Shalov the Apostle. So the Gemara says, Marvina shall call them a silko. You're right. You have to remove it before Friday night. When we said, no problem, just leave it until the Shabbos, we don't mamish mean that. We mean, nothing happened when you put it in on Sunday. It's okay to put it in on Sunday and just leave it there. In a Hanami. You have to be careful it's not there Friday night though. Before Friday of sundown, you'll have to take it off and then put it back Shabbos day. What we meant when we said, there's no problem. We meant, you're putting it in on Sunday, didn't possible it up. That's what we meant. Says the Gemara, second Tarets, You don't have to remove it, even if you didn't. Once you were in Masadra, not the right way, meaning since I put it in on Sunday, the Gemara says a fascinating lambdas. It says, if who did it? A kof, a masa kof, a monkey. The concept of, whenever the Gemara says, maisa kof, the Gemara means that it's viewed as a meaningless action. So what's the point of the Gemara? When you put it in on Sunday, the Misa was then. The Misa was on Sunday. It keeps on being on the table until Friday night. That's true. But on Friday night, why is it there on Friday night? Because it's still there from the Misa of what was put on Sunday. If the Misa of putting it in on Sunday makes it that it's still there on Friday night, you're not going to say, oh, now it's Friday night and it's on the table, so it should become, it should become Kaddish. No, the Kiddush comes from the putting in, and the putting in was done on Sunday. So we're saying there's a connection between the Kiddush and the Misa that put it there. So by our Komet's case, where you put it in on Lila, then we say Lila in Mechuzar's man, and it's Kaddishly possible. That's because the Misa of the Kiddush was done then. But if you put it on here on Sunday, where the Misa is like a Kaif and completely meaningless, it, does, it was put on on the wrong day, so it's as if it didn't, you know, it's, it doesn't do anything Bechlau. When it's Memela still left on the Shulchan now, on Friday night, there's not going to be a Kiddush. Because it's just there left from the monkey that put it there. Imagine literally, a monkey had put the, the bread on the Shulchan on, on Sunday. And now on Friday night, it's still sitting there. Would there be Kiddush, Klishar, Ischal? No. Zakti Gemara, so then the same thing here. So we're going to say that if the person put it in on Sunday, it's not a problem. So let's make a summary of what we have. We learned in our Mishnah that the Tamad that Shechlin at night, what's the din? It's possible, you have to burn it. Says the Gemara, the same thing would be true with Malika Soilo Soif and, and Kamitsa Samecha. Frank the Gemara, why is that true? By the Kamitsa, I understand it's no good, avoid it, but put it back in and you'll fix it. Says the Gemara Chiddush, that when you put it into the, into the, into the Kiddush Kli, it's Mekadashit, even though there's no Hafsar Avoida, and the essence of the Kiddush, again, there's no Kedusha Lakrava, the Akrava, the Avoida is no good. It's Kiddush Lipasal. It's a fascinating lumnus. It's Chalan it that it's a puzzle, take a thing, and you can't, you can't fix it. Frank the Gemara, is that concept true? We see that when you put the bread in on the Shulchan on Sunday, which is not the right time, 
We say that it's fixable. You just leave it there, and then you'll put a new Levona on Shabbos, and then 13 days later, you'll use the bread. Why don't you say the same thing over there? Kiddushli possible. Must be. Klishar is not Mekadosh Lovazman, so do it there. We end up in the Gemara saying that there's a split between Laila in Mechazazman and the wrong calendar day. When you put the Kmitz in Balaila, it's Laila in Mechazazman and Kadosh Lovazman. When you put the bread on Sunday, they're totally the wrong day. It's not Mekadosh at all. Frek the Gemara, what's with Friday night? So the Gemara has two solutions. Either you have to take it off before Friday and sundown, or the second solution is once you put it in on the wrong day and nothing happened, the fact that it's left Mamela there on, on a Lila before on Friday night, that's not going to give a Kedushah.